Good morning, everybody, and welcome to A Penny for Your Thoughts. I'm Jim Turpin. I'll be here until 11 o'clock uh, this morning. And we're going to uh, start today talking to uh, Tom Kasich uh, from the News Gazette, who wrote a story uh, in today's paper. You can see it uh, in the News Gazette uh, this morning or look online. But the headline is, Bid to Seek Nursing Home Buyer Fails, Facility Likely to Stay County-Owned at Least one more year. Well, Tom, uh, thanks for uh, coming on here for a couple of minutes to uh, sure. talk a little bit uh, more about this. But uh, what is the uh, problem here with the, the Democrats that uh, keep uh, voting uh, this down? They seem to want to hold on to the nursing home. Well, you know, they, they argue that this is a social, a valued social service in the county that Democrats have supported for generations. Uh, and they, al- they also argue that... Uh, uh, you know, they they we need to watch out for these people, these 130, 140, 150 or so residents of the nursing home. Uh, they they are ag- against at this point uh, issuing a, a, ref- a request for proposals from people who would want to buy it. So uh, the RFP will not be released, and the nursing home will just stay status quo until. They or somebody determines that things have gotten bad enough, or until things are good enough there, that you know this whole issue dies down. I'm going to say if history has anything to do with this, recent history I'm talking about now, it's uh, it's more money uh, down the drain. Uh, they owe uh, vendors a vast amount of money. Yeah, three million dollars. They owe the county two million dollars. Uh, that these are round figures, but the nursing home is in the hole and it is uh, losing money every month. Uh, it is losing less money than it was earlier. There's a new management company in there that's turned things around somewhat. There, the census is up uh, reportedly to about 141 now. It was 131 last month. But that's still, you know, far below its capacity, you know, which is over 200, and far below its, you know, historical numbers, which are generally between 180 and 200. So, uh, you know, they... they the the Dems are urging the rest of the county and the county board to to give this new management company a chance to turn things around and they and you know as I said they have turned things around somewhat but it really needs to go much farther than that and I think that's the point you know we're, we're gonna they're gonna give them four or five six months to see if they can make it work if they can't then I suspect they'll pull the plug again or and, pull the plug. I know a lot of people on the, the board are uh, concerned about the job, about jobs, about the people that work there, and uh, right. what would happen if it was, uh, if the nursing home was uh, sold, would they still have a job? Uh, what's the uh, situation with the, the union in case it was uh, sold to somebody? Uh, that seems to be uh, one of the thoughts anyway. Right. Uh, you know, when when this was being, when uh, you'll recall that in April there was a, there was a countywide vote on this issue. 
And the voters uh, said by a 54 to 46 percentage point margin that they gave the county board the authority to sell the home. Well, one of the, the groups that was opposed to that referendum was AFSME, which has at the which had at the time about 200 employees out there. There are fewer AFSME employees there now. But, the, you know, AFSCME wanted to save those jobs, and the Dems wanted to save those jobs as well. So that's partly what this is about, uh, to preserve those union jobs. Although it was written into the RFP that those, you know, that the the, the union would, would remain recognized by the new buyers. So in this, there's a little bit of politics in here. There's a little bit of history. There's a little bit, there's a lot of bit of uh, <laughs> financial stuff, too. Yeah, there are a lot of people on that board that are very sincere about uh, the history of the place, and they've had uh, relatives, or maybe even uh, their spouse or That's their right. mother or somebody that have lived there and have gotten great care there, and they just they don't want to see anybody else running it. Uh, but the fact remains, as you've said many times, and we all have, that it's uh, that it's a little bit like the uh, the state of Illinois. You may have a budget, uh, but you're still going. Down money down the drain every with each and every month. Right. You you, you talk about the emotion. Uh, you you guys may remember during the campaign last April there was a man named David Laker from Philo, who did radio commercials about on behalf of the nursing home. I remember and, that. And the, the tagline was "What about Sue?" Yes. His wife Sue still lives there at the nursing home still being cared for, and Dave was at the meeting last night, and he repeated that line a couple times. And it, it you could see it affecting people there, Republicans as well as Dems. But at the same time, Dave said that conditions at the nursing home now, today or yesterday, are worse than they were at the beginning of the year. So he's he's not just giving the nursing home a, you know, a, a passing grade. I mean, he's saying... He's conscious of what's happening. He knows things are bad there, and, he, you know, he wants the county board and the management company and everybody to be aware that uh, things are bad and uh, people need to start paying attention. Well, yeah, absolutely. And there's a lot to pay attention about. Conditions, financial conditions, as well as the food service there and the quality of care, and uh, it's it's a big issue you know, in uh, Springfield and in the uh, Congress, the uh, the saying is uh, we're kicking the can down the road. Is that uh, kind of what they did last uh, night? Yeah. Uh, Republicans said that, you know, they and several times there were guys that said, you know, we're kicking the can down the road. We're ignoring the other demands on county government. Uh, you know, we're going to lose other programs or people because of this, because of the money we're setting aside for the for the nursing home and you know that's you can't argue with that Tom thanks for your time I know sure. you're uh, busy this morning appreciate right. it uh, that's one of the uh, of the uh, joys of uh, being here in this uh, building when we come on to a story uh, like that one and uh, we if we can uh, find the reporter that uh, did the story uh, bring them in and that along with the DWS uh, news team uh, I think we got this uh, covered in uh, about every uh, every side, don't we? Yeah. I know. Can I add one more thing? Uh, Absolutely. What, something else that happened last night, which also affects this issue, is that the county <clears throat> the county administrator Rick Snyder, who would be preparing the budget and doing the negotiations on this. Oh, so he's going to Rantoul. He was hired last night to go to Rantoul, so he'll be gone from the county uh, 
sometime in the next two months. So there's another hurdle for the county board. So who takes over that uh, do those duties uh, while he's yet. gone? They're, Pius Weibel said that they're going to seek to hire an interim director. So counties has got big problems, and they keep getting bigger. Thanks, Tom. Sure. We'll see you guys uh, later. Again, uh, folks, take a look at his uh, story in the uh, paper or look online and uh, find it. We've been reporting it on the air uh, all uh, morning long. And appreciate uh, Tom taking a couple minutes from his uh, busy day to uh, to be with us. So let's take our, our first break uh, right here, Ed. Then we come back. I'll go with my uh, headlines. This uh, rest of the hour will be an open line. Then a conversation with uh, the political guru, uh, Jim Nolan, about a little after 10 o'clock, followed by more open line until 11. We'll take this first break and come right back. I remember my mom having cataracts, but I never thought it'd be something I'd have to deal with. Sure, I may have inherited her blue eyes, but I didn't expect to have cataracts like her. As my vision became more and more cloudy, I decided to have a consultation at Gailey Eye Clinic. It was the best decision. I was able to have my cataracts removed and the clarity of my vision restored. Now these blues are something I'm proud to have inherited. I encourage you to schedule your cataract consultation today. Visit GaileyEyeClinic.com. Hey, Illini fans, this is Dennis Reekin, president of Dick Van Dyke Appliance World. After the Illini tangle with Minnesota on Saturday, you'll hear our defining moments of the game right here on News Talk 1400. Wow! We bought a refrigerator at Dick Van Dyke Appliance World two years ago. Then we retired and moved and took the refrigerator with us. At our new house, the refrigerator started rattling, and then it stopped making ice, and then the dispenser started dripping. So we called Dick Van Dyke. They came right out and replaced the ice maker, the auger, the evaporator panel, and they even gave us a new ice bucket. And the cost? Nothing. It had come with a free Dick Van Dyke 10-year protection plan. It saved us $735. Wow! I'm Dennis Reekin, president of Dick Van Dyke Appliance World. This is a true story that happened here in Champaign-Urbana within the past month. Most of our appliances come with our free, exclusive 10-year protection plan. It saves our customers $600,000 every year in repair costs. Wow! Dick Van Dyke Appliance World. We stand behind what we sell. We offer so much more. Dick Van Dyke Appliance World. When you buy from us, you get the whole store. Everyone deserves to feel good inside, and the experts at Bash Heating and Air Conditioning know how to make you feel good inside your home with indoor comfort systems that are inside your budget. Get up to $1,600 rebates on a qualifying new Lennox system that'll keep your comfort up and your utility bills down. Call Bash Heating and Air Conditioning at 217-352-5127 or visit on the web at bashheating.com. Coming up Saturday from Minneapolis, it's Fighting Illini football as they battle the Golden Gophers of Minnesota. We'll have it for you 2.30 kickoff, 1 o'clock, Illini game day with Scott Beatty on DWS. Back on Penny for Your Thoughts, I'm Jim Turpin. Here are some of the headline stories today. You might want to pick up on these, or you may have something that you would like to talk about as well. I want to remind you that uh, we are using a temporary line. I hope I don't have to keep saying temporary for a real long time, but here is how you get on the air via phone, 351-5667. 351-5667. The Castle Heating and the Cooling text line has not changed. That's 351 
Well, the Illini have uh, landed their five-star recruit from Chicago's Morgan Park, Iota Sumu, uh, the biggest uh, recruit in a real long time. Might have to go back as far as uh, D. Brown. I don't know. You can do that, uh, speculate if you want, but it's certainly Coach Underwood's first uh, get for the 2018 class. And uh, I thought uh, the the young man did it with a a lot of class. There wasn't uh, much to it, just a short uh, video talking a little bit about him and his uh, family and the school and so forth. And then he came out and had on a, a white uh, shirt with a orange eye on it and uh, had a lot of good things to say. We'll go over some of those as we go along and get your opinion as well. I don't know if anybody wants to talk about the, uh, the Cubs' last game uh, to the uh, Dodgers last night. I have to admit I turned it off after the Grand Slam home run. You know, they get one run, then they get uh, two runs, and then three, and then the Grand Slam, and it was uh, over, and they just had to play it out, just agony the rest of the way. Uh, and the Yankees leading a Houston three games to two. They moved back to a Houston. Rantoul uh, picks uh, Rick Snyder to be the new village administrator. He's been the Champaign County Administrator, something that uh, Tom Kasich was talking about just a moment ago. The state of Illinois' uh, balanced budget is deep in the red, and the legislators cast Governor Rauner in the villain's role, something that Jim Dye wrote about in uh, the News Gazette this morning. The new $1.5 billion global magnet, a plan to keep U of I educated innovators and researchers in the state. President Bush and uh, President Obama's blasts will be water off the uh, back of President Trump, according to Steve Collison of the of CNN. Howard Kurtz of Fox News tells how the deaths of American soldiers became a Trump controversy. And more free speech problems on a college campus. You see Santa Barbara College Republicans' uh, meeting was disrupted by leftist protesters and three people were arrested. The federal appeals court gave the go-ahead yesterday to activists seeking to overturn California's 145-year ban on commercial sex, they call it. Uh, prostitution. So that will proceed as the court says uh, go ahead with uh, what they're trying to do. Get that ban overturned. And the Senate uh, passed a budget plan clearing the way for tax reform effort. So those are just some of the things that uh, I want to talk about today. We'll talk about those in uh, some detail as we go along. And if you have any questions or comments that uh, you would like to make about any of those stories, jump right in. Maybe you have something entirely different. That's okay because uh, that's why we call it an open line. It is open for you. And again, that uh, temporary line is 351-5667. And Mike is first up this morning. Good morning, Mike. 
Well, we don't have Mike yet, uh, do we? Ed Bond pushing the buttons this morning. Uh, Mike, are you there? I'm here, if you're here. Hey, we're here together. That's the... that's the joy of it. What's on your mind, buddy? Well, I just wondering, is there any Dem- Democrat left in, in this state that knows the term fiscal responsibility? They don't, I mean, don't say that there doesn't seem to be any on the county board. That's one of the things. They're, they just said, let's just keep going and yeah, uh, lo- an losing money checkbook. all the time. Yeah, we just got an open checkbook, and uh, we can do what we want. Because we got the majority, and uh, which they really don't have the they have the majority on the board, but I don't think they do in the county because the way the the vote went, that they wanted to sell the nursing home. Yeah, I I, I don't know. I've uh, it just seems to me, and I'm a, an outsider like uh, you probably are. We're just out watching uh, the proceedings, and. Uh, it just seemed to me for a real long time that the thing to do would be to just uh, sell the place and get to somebody in there that has a a good history of uh, running a, a profitable or at least a break-even uh, companies. And there are, there are a lot of them out there. A lot of people have, a lot of counties have uh, done that, sold their own uh, nursing home uh, to a private uh, firm. And it seems to have worked so I don't know. That's uh, we'll just have to wait and see how this uh, turns out. But uh, trying to give you the latest of what they did last night. Well, thanks for taking my call, Jim. Yes, sir, Mike. Good to have you on the air. Appreciate it. Republicans on the board said they were disappointed with the votes by the majority uh, party, particularly since the nursing home owes an estimated five million dollars to private vendors and the county's general fund. Republican John Rector said, I was hoping we could work toward a solution, but it just doesn't seem like the other side wants to work toward a solution. I think we're all frustrated. The nursing home just keeps losing money. One of my Democratic colleagues said that we'll find a way to work through paying off all these millions of dollars. But it's just this dream. This is pie in the sky. We need to have solutions, and I'm not seeing any solutions. Muhammad Republican Jim Goss predicted that the budget that the county board will consider next month will mean significant cuts. There are going to have to be substantial cuts made. We don't have a lot of fluff in our budget, and we don't have a reserve to fall back on. I had wanted to dictate our future, but now we'll have our future dictated to us. That's what's going to happen when we run out of money. There will be no choice but to downsize or close the nursing home. Also on uh, Thursday night, last night, uh, Chris Storr of Urbana was sworn in as a new board member, representing uh, District 10, replacing Chris Ellix, who resigned last month. We're at uh, 3515667. And again, no monologues uh, accepted here on uh, Penny. We want a dialogue. This is a show that has long prided itself on uh, talking with uh, people about what uh, they think is important, or I say what I think is important, and 
Maybe it isn't support, uh, so important, but it's uh, what's on your mind, and that's okay. That's uh, I do that all the time. This Maybe uh, some of you have uh, something to say about uh, um, Sumu. Uh If you do, uh, five-star recruit. He did say that he hopes to be there for a year. He's coming in uh, 2018. You know, he's the Coach Underwood's uh, first uh, recruit for the 2018 class. And uh, there might be others. Who, who knows? So let's uh, take a quick break here. Again, the number is 3515667. Back after this. As you uh, know by now, I'm sure that the Champaign County Administrator Rick Snyder will be Rand Tool's new village administrator. The village board voted a 4 to 2 following a 40 minute executive session last night to approve Mayor Chuck Smith's selection of Snyder for the job. Latanya Rufus, a director of planning and development for the city of Harvey, was the other finalist. Smith said Snyder will begin his duties in Rantoul on December the 1st. He'll be paid an annual salary of $135,000. Several things pushed Snyder to the top of the list, according to Smith. He said, I think the most compelling thing to me is that the man has shown an interest in coming to Rantoul. He believes, as I do, that we have a bright future, that he wants to play a role in that, to bring new development to Rantoul and helping us grow. Smith said Snyder was willing to work with county officials to be released from his contract early, and he and I were able to meet on a fair and equitable salary that's palatable for both of us. Another selling point, uh, Smith said, was Snyder having worked with communities similar to Rantoul, with growth and development and property issues and school issues. Smith said Snyder's connections to the county were also very attractive. It is 9.30, time for the news headlines with Brian Barnhart. This is Penny for Your Thoughts. I'm Jim Turpin. Phone lines open at... uh, always have to look for the uh, temporary line myself. I have a feeling that uh, many of you don't have this down yet. I'm going to just keep uh, giving it to you as long as we have to use it. 351-5667. 351-5667. Again, it is a temporary line. The Castle Heating and Cooling Text line is the same as it's always been. 351-5357. Uh, Teddy uh, Greenstein, who writes for the Chicago uh, Tribune, uh, was in uh, New York for the Big Ten meetings, and uh, his take on the Illinois uh, five-star recruit uh, signing uh, is not quite the same as others. I mean, his uh, his, uh, column is not, because he talked to the coach, evidently for a real long time, and Brad Underwood had some... uh, Interesting things to say. I thought I'd just go through that to column and let you uh, let you uh, listen to what the coach had. I like uh, like some of these. He said, uh, first of all, he said this program is a powder keg and the fuse has been lit. How is that for a good way to uh, to express your satisfaction with uh, getting the uh, five star recruit? And Greenstein writes. 
you've won everywhere, everywhere you've gone, so why not here? And after a brief silence, the coach said, you said that, not me. And uh, Teddy writes, Underwood will win at Illinois, I'm sure of that, for two reasons. First, the aforementioned. He thrived at Stephen F. Austin, 89-14, and 14, flipped Oklahoma State in his lone season in Stillwater. They went 3-15 and 15 in the Big 12 before he arrived, and 9-9, and 20-13 and 13 overall last season before he left for his dream job. Yes, his dream job, which brings us to the second reason. There are an estimated 325 million Americans, none of whom would fit better as the new coach in Champaign. Underwood said on Big Ten Media Day, there's a personality to every job, and you have to fit it. I like to think that my simple, small-town Kansas roots fit. Then he illustrated his point in a way that passes the smell test. Listen to this. I love the fact that we have the South Farm right across from our practice facility. And when the wind blows, it smells like manure. I grew up with that. I lived in Dodge City, Kansas for five years. And when the wind blows there, they say it's the smell of money. I say it's the smell of... (laughs) can't say the word because it's not my money and we all laughed says uh, greenstein i'm about relationships i'm about people i love college towns because it's real it's about people it's not the hubbub of the city but to thrive underwood might need to score in the mean streets of chicago and his program got a huge boast a uh, huge boost on thursday night There's one variable. The other is whether Underwood will be penalized as a result of the FBI sting into dirty recruiting practices in college basketball. His former assistant, Lamont Evans, who remained in Oklahoma State after Underwood left, was arrested and charged with conspiracy to commit bribery and five other counts. As he waits to learn more about this case, Underwood is bonding with players such as uh, Michael L. Finke. Finke said... He's really personable. He wants to get to know you. On the court, it's all business. He might yell, but you respect it because you know he wants you to get better. We love being around him. Underwood got a salary boost to $3 million annually by accepting athletic director Josh Woodman's six-year offer. But if you sat with Underwood in a ballroom at Madison Square Garden on Thursday, you sensed that money had little to do with it. Twice during his 11-year stint as an assistant at Western Illinois, Underwood ventured into Assembly Hall. What does he remember about those games? Well, beside the uh, butt-kicking, you mean? Assembly Hall at that time was electric. The whole state was enthralled by Illini basketball. That was a footprint that never left me. The Orange Crush, the students... The hair on the back of your neck stood up when the other team, Illinois, ran out. At Western Illinois, you didn't see that. It was even powerful for our kids. You remember those things. And as the story goes, when Underwood arrived at Stephen F. Austin, the administrative assistant, Kerry Johnson, asked him to name his dream job. 
She wrote his response on a card, dated it, and mailed it to him after he arrived in Champaign. Very, very few people get to live out their dream and get their dream job. Our fan base is very passionate. We can have the greatest home court in the country. This is one of those jobs where you can win a national championship where a powder keg and the fuse has been lit. So I thought those uh, comments uh, from the uh, Big Ten meeting from uh, Coach Underwood, as reported by Terry Greenstein in the uh, Tribune, were uh, worth uh, reading this morning, uh, something a little uh, different than the, the coverage we had here locally, which was uh, centered around Iowa uh, uh, DeSumo. We'll take a break here, Mr. Bond. We're coming right back. Phone lines open at uh, 351-5667. And after uh, winning a couple of uh, matches uh, at home, the volleyball team is indeed on the road at Iowa. And uh, Iowa has a, uh, a pretty good volleyball team, but uh, they will be the easiest for the Illini in the next uh, of the next four matches, including this one. Because after they play Iowa, they play at Nebraska, at Minnesota, and then Penn State back at, uh, at Huff. And then uh, Northwestern and Michigan, uh, also at Huff. Then they go on the road to play Michigan State and Michigan before coming home to play Wisconsin, Minnesota, and Iowa and finishing up at Ohio State. The chore is uh, to get into the top, what, seven of uh, the Big Ten Conference for volleyball teams. Get, uh, get, they take about seven teams, usually, to the tournament. That's what people want to do. That's what they like to do. It's kind of the way they people uh, calculate how your season, season went. Did you get in the tournament? No? Well, you didn't have a very good season. As we go to uh, Washington, the Senate uh, has passed a budget plan clearing the way for tax reform. The Republican-led Senate passed a $4 trillion budget plan yesterday clearing the way for the effort to try to pass President Trump's sweeping tax reform proposal, which could be the first uh, tax overhaul in three decades. The budget plan was narrowly passed on a 51 to 49 vote, with everyone voting along party lines except for Republican Senator Rand Paul of Kentucky, who joined the Democrats in voting no. Passing tax reforms will be much harder. Trump's plan includes significant tax cuts, particularly for corporations, and reduces the number of tax brackets. However, there is opposition from House Republicans in the high-tax states like New York, New Jersey, Illinois, and California to be proposed to its uh, proposed elimination of the federal deduction for state and local taxes. So it's uh, still moving there. We'll talk a little bit to uh, Jim Nolan about that as we go along. And uh, former Presidents Bush and Obama have uh, taken off after President uh, Trump and Stephen Collinson in uh, a PC wrote for CNN said, the President's Club is turning on its newest member. 
breaking the code of silence that retired commanders-in-chief normally maintain about their successors, both George W. Bush and Barack Obama delivered clear jabs at the current occupant of the Oval Office yesterday. President uh, Donald Trump, however, didn't like uh, what they said, but didn't likely feel a thing. His entire political brand stands as a living rebuke to the political establishment that both men once led to the traditionalists who believe his behavior is eroding the prestige of the presidency itself. While neither Bush nor Obama mentioned Trump by name or referred to his claims this week that he had been even more attentive to relatives, uh, should have been more uh, attentive to relatives of slain U.S. service members than they were, they used coincidental events to register their alarm with Trump's policies. And this uh, story goes on to talk about several of the things that uh, they're complaining about. Then, as I mentioned in the headline, the president has not so far responded to his predecessor's critiques, uh, though a Twitter blast cannot be ruled out. While such obvious criticism of an incumbent president by ex-presidents is extraordinary, it's also a metric of the highly unusual times and the shock to the political system embodied by Trump's election. Republican strategist and CNN commentator uh, Anna Navarro noted that the tradition of former presidents keeping out of the spotlight but added enough is enough. There is a lot of people that are frustrated, that are heartbroken, that are sad. It's time to speak up and act up and have a position. In fact, uh, for Trump's supporters and perhaps the president himself, the reappearance of Obama and Bush on Thursday may have seen less of a rebuke than validation. After all, what better endorsement could there be of an anti-establishment campaign targeting Washington elites and a broken political system than running foul of the two previous presidents from each political party? So it will be water off Trump's back, according to Mr. Collison. We're at three five one five six six seven. Why don't we want to talk about this uh, five-star recruit, Alan? Where are you, Alan? All you uh, basketball fans out there, I thought for sure this morning we'd have some people say, "Wow, this is a the greatest uh, recruit signing since uh, D. Brown, maybe something like that. Who knows?" Anyway, whatever is on your mind, if, if anything is uh, today, uh, just uh, give me a call or send me a text at 3515357 after we take this quick break. And uh, when you ask, you shall receive. So I uh, yelled at Alan, and uh, Alan uh, was kind enough to, uh, to call in. What do you think, Alan, about getting a five-star recruit? That doesn't happen very often. No, it doesn't. Uh... And you guys mentioned it was D. Brown, the last one. Uh, wasn't Jeremy Richmond after that? Yeah, there there were some others, yes. Uh, that's right. They, I was just kind of picking the one that had some effect on uh, Illinois basketball. Well, yeah. Uh, Jeremy wasn't uh, wasn't no. here very long, but he certainly was a highly recruited uh, player. I'm not sure if he was a five-star or exactly what he was, but he was uh, 
He was he right was up. Five star. Yeah, five star. Well, he was he was right up there. Well, this I guy, Iowa um, says, uh, my goal is to be gone in one year. So yeah, uh, that's, that's uh, you've, heard, you've heard about the one and dones. Uh, this uh, if he's going if he's going to help uh, resurrect Illinois uh, basketball, it sounds like he wants to do it in one year. Well, what's probably going to happen is him and Smith are both be leaving at the same time. I just hope the other guards are up up to it by that time, and they might be. Do you think Smith's going to be a one-year guy? No, no. I mean, he'll be here this year, and then next year they'll both go. Oh, I get you. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I see what you're saying, right. Well, I don't know. Uh, It's it's up to them. I've never never am uh, displeased with anybody that uh, wants to take that jump. That's what their dream is, and that's what they want to do, and... uh, that's where the money is, and so. so. I read uh, I read uh, a tweet from Ohio that said uh, Mark Smith was one that pushed him hardest to come there. He said, we'll be the best backcourt in America if you come. So. Yeah, he, <laughs> he's not uh, shy about saying uh, the best. He said, I am the best point guard in America. He said that about himself. And uh, if he put uh, he and uh, Smith together, that uh, – That'd be a quite a combination, that's for sure. Yeah, but they're going to be young. They're going to have to learn a little bit. It ain't going to be that easy. Well, all you got to all you got to learn is to play fast, play hard, play good defense, shoot the ball within seven seconds, and yeah. uh, you'll please the coach. That's we it's got we got guy, a lot yeah. of players. I don't know how many guards we've got on this team now, but that's we got enough. Matter. We need a big guy. Well. We don't uh, have we don't uh, have any, and I don't know if there are any left or not. There aren't very yeah, many. Sure aren't very many to start with. Well, uh, we never look at junior college players anymore, do we? Uh, well, I don't know if we look at them or not. We haven't uh, we haven't gotten any, but uh, that's always a good place to to look to find a uh, you know a fix. You don't want to build your team completely around uh, junior college players, but uh, they they can uh, sure help you. Shelley Clark is the last one I can remember. I, I'm sure there's been some since, but he's the last good one I can remember. Well, we got a good guy in uh, in Iowa, and I uh, I certainly hope that uh, that uh, we have a uh, have a uh, a fun time when he when he gets here. In fact, I, I I'm looking for maybe it's because of the football season, or maybe it's because of the Cubs going yeah, down the drain, yeah, or what. I but am. I am really looking forward to the basketball season. Oh, I am too. I already am. I, I called in you guys last week about Green Bay losing Rodgers and Illinois football. I'm ready for basketball. Well, that uh, that took care of Green Bay, I'm afraid. That's for oh, sure. Oh, yeah, it did. Hey, thanks, Alan. Good to talk to yep. you, as always. Appreciate your call. Our phone number is 351-5667. The Castle Heating and the Cooling text line is 351-5357. I don't know how many of you, uh, the real Cub fans, stayed through it till the end of that game. I'd like to hear from somebody that never turned the TV off. Just watched it from the first pitch until the celebration that the Dodgers had at Wrigley Field. But, you know, you, you feel bad about it, but let's face it. Chicago in the last uh, three years has uh, done very, very well, and including uh, winning the World Series, of course. 
But this year they get to the Final Four, and there have been uh, how many years went by where that wasn't even a thought of a Chicago Cubs fan that your team might make the playoffs or might win their own division or anything at all like that. So they've, they've done well. Let's go to uh, Mike. Hello, Mike. Uh, Don is on next. Hi, Don. Hey, Jim. How you doing? I'm good. How are you, Don? I'm doing great. Um, yeah. Are you guys mandated to say negative stories about Trump, like NBC and ABC and all of them? Is that the deal? <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's really interesting because uh, I had a call uh, yesterday or the day before. A guy says, you just love Trump. You just uh, you love all these guys. That's all you talk about is how great a person this Trump is. And now you say it exactly the opposite. No, we're not mandated to, okay. to say anything. Right. Well, I mean, it seems when you, when you come to Trump, it's all monologue, no dialogue at all. Uh, and, I mean, it's just, can you give me one uh, good story you said about him recently? Well, this story I just uh, talked about was... Uh, was uh, good, don't you think? Where the that? where the, the guy tax says tax? that the, you know, this doesn't affect him. He goes ahead with his own uh, plan, and uh, and that is exactly what uh, the people voted uh, voted him in for uh, to uh, to not be a part of the establishment, to uh, to take on oh. one of those kind of guys. That's a positive story. Right. Well, we got it's a positive response to a negative story. That's the only way we can get anything positive out of this guy. Okay. No, okay. I'm serious. It's only, no, come on now. Every morning, I know it's not you. You're just reading what the news gives you to read, I guess. But when it comes to Trump, there's no dialogue on the station or any station. Oh, well, that's uh, maybe that uh, should be blamed on the national media. I don't have anything to do with it. Well, it should, because really Donald Trump's the best president we ever had so far. And you just don't see it in the media. It's not in the media. It's like the mass shooting in uh, uh, Maryland. They had a mass shooting in Maryland, what, yesterday, day before? Have you ever mentioned it? Did anybody say anything about it? No, because it was a Muslim that did the shooting. You know, the media has got to get it together with this country. Well, that story was on the air. It was on the newscast, and uh, it was mentioned. It wasn't anything at all like uh, the amount of time it was devoted to the Las Vegas shooting, that's for sure. I wonder why that is. Well, I think it was a uh, probably the uh, the size of the sh- of the, uh, the of the event. Right, you know, and they they can't come up with why that guy did that, you know, because he's so privileged because it was a white guy. They just can't figure out what his motive was. Well, can, can you? Huh? Can you figure it out? I'm not on the investigation team, Jim. Mm-hmm. I wasn't in Vegas. I haven't seen the hotel room. Of course I can't. Mm-hmm. I only go about what the media tells us. And really, they're only telling us there's one shooting when there's a bunch of uh, proof that there was more than one shoot one shooter. Now, uh, wh- where did that story come from? There's plenty of stories out there. I mean, yeah, I'm going to say the Internet. And, you know, you can you can put down the Internet, but that's where you guys get your news, too, nowadays, so. So if somebody on the internet says there was more than one uh, shooting, that uh, that means it's true. Uh, it wasn't somebody; it was a news agency, and it's several news agencies and several people that say there was more than one shooting have already ended up dead. 
Hey, Don, got to go. Appreciate your call. The news coming up from uh, CBS. We'll see what they have to say here. All this uh, coming your way this morning on WDWS in Champaign-Urbana. Welcome back to our number two of A Penny for Your Thoughts. I'm Jim Turpin. Uh, joining me on the phone is my political guru, Jim Nolan. How are you, Jim? Fine, Jim. If I'm your guru, you're in trouble. <laughs> well, uh, Jim uh, told me you're out in New Mexico or someplace out west, and he told me yesterday, he says, I just uh, wanted to get away from everything, so I headed west, and here I am uh, stopping you to talk to you, talk politics. Right, and if I don't have an answer to any any of your questions, I'll just plead ignorance because I'm out here in the land of enchantment. <laughs> It was the land of enchantment until you got there. Now it's, uh, it's going to have to change its slogan. Hey, there's a couple of uh, things in the paper I'm sure you haven't uh, seen. Uh, today's uh, Tribune, just let me uh, tell you what their editorial is about. It uh, First of all, it has a graphic, right, a political cartoon that it shows a guy ha- hiding behind a sign. He says, another business passed us by. Why aren't they stopping? Uh, I guess that's uh, Rauner or somebody. And there's a sign that says, we'll tax you till you bleed. And another says, we put the DYS in dysfunctional government. And then uh, there's one of the top says, the current governor probably won't end up in prison. <laughs> and that's the uh, card. That's a cartoon. You should hear well, what they have to say about a broken state. And this is a mainly, that was just a little, little uh, fun stuff. But uh, what they're talking about is uh, first uh, Foxcom and uh, now Toyota Mazda, people uh, that uh, Illinois was uh, trying to get to, to come here and to build plants and so forth. And 4,000 workers at the Toyota Mazda plant and... Uh, 13,000 jobs at the Foxcom and so on, and they went someplace else. And that is a, a big problem, and I wanted to get your opinion about that. I assume taxes is uh, one of the things. We're just not friendly enough to business, right? Well, we, we have problems. There's no getting around it, and our tax burden is high, primarily because of the underfunding over the years and the enrichment of the pensions uh, of our state employees and we now have that albatross around our necks for uh, the coming couple of decades and so that's uh, that has been hurting us Uh, on the other hand I did a piece a few weeks ago about Rochelle Illinois about 70 miles west of Chicago which is booming it has had 1.2 billion dollars worth of capital investment and I think about 1500 new jobs in the past decade or so and it's a little town of 12,000 it's at the intersection of interstates and uh, fiber optics and railroads uh, all of which are important and which gets to the point that we should be talking about our strengths. Our uh, infrastructure is probably of unparalleled value across the states in terms of interstates. Uh, You look at the interstates 
uh, crisscrossing Illinois, and they're more dense than just about any state I can think of. And we have more miles of interstate than any states but Texas and California with their vast uh, geographic reach. And uh, we have all the major railroads coming in and out. Uh, Much of the freight traffic that goes uh, around the country goes through Chicago and quite a bit goes through uh, the Metro East area. And so we have a lot of strengths and uh, I wish we would talk more about them. I think our problems are significant. We can't avoid them. Uh, But my friend Jason Anderson, who runs economic development up in Rochelle, tells me that uh, when companies come courting him and uh, his uh, industrial park, they never ask about uh, the taxes. Uh, they, they are more interested in location and distribution and logistics. And so we have great strengths. We're, we're not marketing them effectively. What uh, what about the where I'm not uh, familiar with where it's located and uh, what, they have interstates uh, close by there. Is it on an interstate or yeah, what? Rochelle Rochelle's seventy miles west of Chicago, okay, south mm-hmm. of Rockford. Uh, of course, it has the Rockford uh, Airport, which is a major hub for freight tra- air traffic, and of course, it's not far from O'Hare. And uh, my point is that it is possible to do well in a difficult environment because of the strengths we have that we don't talk about. And so I'm not denying our problems. I've already identified the the big one that um, the pension costs that we have now imposed on ourselves are the equivalent of about a third of the general uh, funds budget of the state. And so that's $8 billion that could otherwise be going to um, reduction in taxes or to buffing up our struggling universities and so on. But it's there, and I I can't do anything about it, Jim. I'm looking into possibilities of, of uh, more of a pay-as-you-go pension program similar to Social Security, which is not based on the trust fund. It's based on paying as we go. But I'm not enough of a student of it, nor have I done enough research to have any uh, profound uh, suggestions for how we might reduce our pension benefits. Uh, I have a modest university pension benefit based on uh, 11 years in the system, and it grows 3% a year regardless of inflation, and uh, that, for example, is uh, uh, incredibly costly over the long haul, and yet the courts have said we can't cut it back, much as we tried to do a few years ago with uh, with a court suit, but it was uh, slapped down. Well, that amounts to uh, to how much uh, money, just in round numbers? You have any idea that three percent increase? Ah, uh, no, I don't. But uh, you can just compound. It is compounded. So you know, within uh, a pension is doubled uh, because of the three percent, and uh, uh, so it it amounts to a, a great deal if we were tracking inflation at one percent a year uh, over a long period of time, it would be a lot, a lot less, significantly less. You, you've caught me. I'm pleading ignorance. I'm in New Mexico, Jim. I haven't looked into that. Lately. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I think, I, I, I guess the, the number is not as important as uh, the fact that, uh, 
it's happening year after year after year, and there are plenty of people out there that are on pensions. Yeah. So yeah. it's a sizable yeah. number. Uh, there's a uh, competition going on now for Amazon. Uh, yesterday they closed their bidding on among the cities for what they're calling their new second headquarters, and it would house as many as 50,000 workers. And uh, Chicago and Illinois is, uh, is one of the uh, the uh, bidders, and this uh, Tribune editorial closes today by saying the General Assembly opens its uh, veto session on Tuesday. What will the lawmakers do to make Illinois attractive to jobs and investment? And again, they have in big bold letters, 50,000 jobs at stake. Is there anything they, uh, they can do or anything that... Uh, that you would recommend. Uh, you're sure king for a day. Is. You can recommend whatever you like. <laughs> okay, well, the state does have a, a major uh, incentive program called the EDGE program that allows a company such as Amazon to receive tax credits for the taxes or for the uh, income taxes that it withholds for its workers. It's a very generous program. It was put to the side for a couple of years, and now it's back in full force, so they can do that. Uh, Amazon isn't interested about right to work because it's, uh, I'm sure, not a unionized operation for the most part. Uh, But then uh, uh, I think the, the big attraction we have for Amazon is the metropolitan Chicago area. The city of Chicago was recently identified as the best educated big city in the country. We have a highly educated workforce, lots of young professionals up there who find the central and north side of the city to be very attractive for a lot of reasons. And so I think Chicago is an attractive magnet uh, and that it might be to Amazon. But getting back to your question, I think the state probably can use the edge tax credit uh, aggressively to make us competitive in terms of incentives with with other states. I see Kankakee, uh, a small city uh, south of Chicago, is saying we will actually allow Amazon to create its own city in our county, which is an interesting concept. Um, But uh, uh, anyway, I think think Amazon's uh, Amazon's big enough to do that. They can create a a city with with, uh, no problem. Let me uh, switch topics on you here real fast. The elections have attracted uh, a lot of interest already, and I don't know how many people are trying to run for these elections Offices. How many, how many people want to be governor now and then uh, attorney general? And uh, there's going to be a lot of uh, money spent, a lot of uh, interest coming up. And I'm telling you, uh, I don't know what, how Pritzker is going to do, but uh, he may win the uh, the money race. He is on television every night and uh, more than once, just uh, and this far in advance of the election. He has spent more money, $21 million thus far, a year ahead of the election, and he has spent more of his money on staff personnel, not the ads, more money on staff personnel than the other Democratic candidates have raised. And so he 
he and uh, probably Governor Rauner are going to engage in the in the unprecedented, most expensive gubernatorial race in the history of America, and uh, with each uh, expected to spend more than a hundred million dollars. And it's fascinating. The job of a candidate in a is to define himself or herself and define the opponent. When I was running campaigns, uh, which were million-dollar campaigns, not hundred-million-dollar campaigns, and we thought it was big money, uh, we uh, tried to define ourselves or the opponent. You don't have enough money, or we didn't, to do, do both. But clearly, Rauner and Pritzker have enough to define themselves and then, in a negative way, define their opponent, and uh, it's going to be... Uh, I, I'm sure that the television station managers are salivating over the uh, TV ad buys that are going to be made by these candidates. And I don't know how the money is going to work. I'm wondering if there won't be a uh, voter backlash of some sort against the huge amount spent and what will be, I think, the equivalent of fake news advertising because you can get away with stuff in your ads that re- represent half-truths and are absolutely misleading. And uh, so I worry about it. I, I And I won't keep going here, but I'll just say very quickly that one of the values of political parties in the history of the U.S. was that most citizens don't follow the issues and the candidates closely, but they were able to rely on the parties and say, well, I'm a working man, the Democrats are for working men, so I'm a Democrat, or a businessman for Republicans. And then if one party uh, failed in the economy, then, well, we'll vote for the other party and give them a chance. Uh, and so, But parties don't mean anything now. Uh, you, you never hear a party mentioned in an ad. What do you hear about uh, Attorney General? Uh, do you have any... Uh... Names there we have uh, Erica Harold yeah, here in uh, here in town is uh, certainly getting a lot well, of uh, play and evidently she's uh, raising uh, quite a bit of money. I was in Henry County in Western Illinois with a friend at a Republican picnic and Erica Harold spoke first time I'd ever heard her speak and she did a boffo job. I mean she was very impressive. Of course, spending a year running for and then a year being Miss America will, if you have any rough edges, and I'm not saying she did, but it'll smooth them off. I mean, you learn to communicate as a result of experiences like that. Well, she's and, a, uh, you know, she's a lawyer, and she has that uh, whole Harvard uh, Law, you know, Harvard I Law, and uh, yeah, she has a, a great, great background. I, I think she's a really a a, uh, a viable uh, candidate. I don't know uh, how these things turn out. They get awfully uh, political, as uh, all campaigns do. Yeah, I, I think she's a very credible candidate. The Republicans are having difficulty recruiting uh, good candidates for other uh, slots in the middle of the ballot, for Secretary of State, for Treasurer, for Comptroller, and so maybe if they aren't able to come up with really attractive candidates in those slots, it may be that Republicans will really uh, trumpet and get behind Erica Harold because of her interesting background and her uh, capacity to communicate very effectively. 
Jim Nolan, what are you doing in uh, New Mexico? Uh, 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 there aren't any... Uh, I'm any, trying uh, to get away from you, Dustin. <laughs> you, you, can't, you can't do it. Hey, listen, I, well, here's a, Ed Bond is about to tell you that the, there is no getting away from this uh, show or us. It, we're worldwide. You, you can't get away from us. <laughs> worldwide, he says. Oh, well, we're in some... Uh, well, I'm out here visiting old friends. I know you are. I just was uh, kidding you a little bit, and uh, I think uh, Lou Henson and the family like uh, New, New Mexico pretty much uh, as, uh, as well. Are they down in Las Cruces? That's well, he's, he's, he's he's they're here in uh, in a Champagne now, but they do go back. Oh, and, they're in Champagne. That's right. Ba- ba- they go back and out, yeah, right? they go back and forth. That's right. Well, Jim, a pleasure to uh, talk to you. I hope you have a uh, wonderful uh, time and uh, uh, keep an eye out for this uh, Amazon thing. That's uh, that's really a biggie, and that would really Yo, be sure is. that would really be uh, something if the Illinois could uh, could land that. And uh, we'll talk to you again one real soon. Thank- fe- one of the attractive features on is the University of Illinois Engineering and Computer Science Department. <laughs> That's another factor. Well, anyway, your time's run out. I'll talk with you. Okay. Have a good time. Okay. Thanks. Jim Nolan uh, on the road. And he told me yesterday he would uh, pull his car off to the side and talk to us. So I'm very glad he did that. We don't want to have any... Uh, Accidents uh, attributed to being on this uh, show. Let's uh, take a uh, quick break here. The uh, news coming up at uh, 10.30 after the news. We'll be having an open line up until 11 o'clock this morning. But right now, uh, we'll come back after this break. Ten thirty news coming up here in just a moment. I want to remind you that tomorrow is the big day. I've been telling you about this uh, all week, but this is a large estate uh, tag sale. It is the Guy Little Junior Estate Sale. This is going to be at the little house on the prairie, which is at seventeen hundred South Patterson Road in uh, Sullivan. And it starts tomorrow morning. It'll go from 10 in the morning until 4 in the afternoon. That's uh, tomorrow. And then on a Sunday, if necessary, I guess that means if they still have uh, things to uh, to auction off or to sell, uh, 2 o'clock to 4 o'clock would be the time on the second day. What's uh, there? Well, they have a Emerson Square Grand piano, beautiful and unusual instrument, Antique furniture of all kind, a lot of miscellaneous antiques and collectibles. And the Mr. Little, as you probably know, Guy Little founded and operated the Little Theater on the Square in Sullivan for many, many years. Had him on this uh, show uh, several times. And he was a great guy and uh, great for that uh, town, that's for sure. He owned and operated the Little House on the Prairie Bed and Breakfast in his later years. So this is a really a unique opportunity to purchase a large collection of his personal property. And the folks at Norm Willoughby Auction say they are honored to have the opportunity to offer this unique collection. Again, the times quickly. Tomorrow, 10 a.m. to 4, might be over then. If necessary, they'll go to Sunday, 2 p.m. to 4 p.m., the Guy Little Jr. estate sale at the Little House on the Prairie, 1700 South Patterson Road in Sullivan. Time now for the uh, news coming up. Uh, news headlines with uh, Brian Barnhart.
Welcome back to A Penny for Your Thoughts. I'm Jim Turpin. The phone line is open. Our temporary line is 351-5667. And the Castle Heating and Cooling text line is 351-5357. If you have something on your mind that uh, you would like to talk about, just uh, give us a call. We've had a uh, variety of uh, things on the uh, show this morning. We start out with the Tom Kasich talking about the Champaign County nursing home and uh, we've uh, gone from there to uh, various uh, pieces of uh, literature are uh, written by or news releases more more like it and uh, columns and not exactly literature then we talked to uh, Jim Nolan now the phone lines are open might even play a little uh, line eye music with the big uh, weekend coming up Illinois and Minnesota What's the best age to retire over the past two years? The average retirement age has been 63. The professionals at Busey Wealth Management can help you plan the right time for you. Deciding when to retire depends on several things. Your lifestyle preferences, changes in circumstances such as divorce, health considerations, and financial readiness. Busey Wealth Management can help determine your optimal strategy. They'll review a variety of variables. How much you uh, plan to spend is uh, something to uh, think about as well. You should consider your needs and expenses as well as your retirement goals. And your life expectancy. The average uh, is 84 for males and 86 for females. At the life and expectancy uh, goes up and up uh, all the time, does it not? up to 84 for males and 86 for females. Their experts understand no two situations are alike. They take time to listen and to understand your needs. Years of experience allow unique insight into planning for a range of situations. Rest easy knowing that they will simplify the complexities of planning for retirement. You can utilize the retirement calculators at Busey.com to get a better idea of how long your retirement savings will last and how much you spend each month in retirement. The experts at Busey Wealth Management can help identify your objectives, design a game plan to achieve your goals, and implement a program that fits your needs. Visit Busey.com or stop by one of their many convenient locations today for solutions for a lifetime. Let's go to the phones for Jim. Good morning, Jim. Jim, how are you? I am good, sir. How are you? I'm good. I'm uh, very disappointed in the lack of fiscal leadership by the Democrats last night and their decision not to support the broker, um, moving the, bro- the nursing home to the broker. Um, let's put both the nursing home budget and county board budget in crisis, as you've been discussing this morning. Well, I uh, I tend to agree with you. I don't know uh, what to do about it. They've got a, a majority of uh, votes, and they can do about two. But uh, I think it's uh, I think it's uh, misguided, and I here I am on the outside, never having been in on uh, one of their uh, planning meetings or looking at the real budget numbers or anything else, it just seems that uh, all these loans that the uh, nursing home gets 
and the fact that they, they owe the vendors so much money, and it just seems like something needs to be done other than going on and expecting it to be different. Well, they argue that their their members in the Champaign-Urbana area, you know, didn't support the sale when many of them did, obviously, and maybe they 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 need some calls from those people, explaining what kind of crisis it it creates because now we're going to have to go through and change the budget, back to the other budget, cut 30, 30 positions, and the services will be cut throughout the county, whether it's deputies or you know the roads or mental health issues, all those things will, will be impacted for this. And yes, we have to protect um, the mandated services of the county. So it'll be very difficult to uh, loan the, don't loan the nursing home money. Um, obviously we, you know, have to do that. Um, the judge was quite strong in his response when we discussed cutting positions at the county so um you know the the democrats because of the lack of leadership um have, have put us in a very bad position amen to that i don't know what else to tell you jim appreciate your call sir thank you yeah. we're at uh, 3515667 that is our temporary line i Hope that we will get our old number back. And uh, I frankly think uh, having a temporary line like that uh, might have some effect on the people who have been so used to calling us, Ed. If they haven't written down this number someplace, they don't know how to get to us. The uh, Castle Heating and Cooling uh, text line is uh, the same at uh, 351-5357. Brian was talking about the the game up at uh, Minnesota tomorrow. And Minnesota is a 13-and-a-half-point favorite in the game. In other Big Ten games, Iowa is two over a game at Evanston. Michigan State playing at home against Indiana is six-and-a-half-point favorite. Purdue is playing at Rutgers, Purdue by nine. Penn State is playing at home against Michigan at uh, might be a real good uh, game, but Penn State is a nine-point favorite in the game. Wisconsin, a big favorite over Maryland, 24 and a half. And uh, Notre Dame and Southern Cal outside the league, but a lot of interest in this area. Notre Dame, three-and-a-half-point favorite over Southern Cal. This is a big, big game uh, every year, of course, for the uh, Fighting Irish. We'll take a break here. We're coming right back. Uh, phone lines open. Wanted to call your attention to the um, fall 2017 Illinois Alumni uh, Magazine. It is terrific. You can read in this thing for hours. One of the uh, one of the big stories is about the marching Illini, and it goes for about eight pages. Got Illinois sports in here. It's got uh, uh, all of the uh, Hall of Fame people in, and it uh, talks about uh, these Hall of Fame people uh, one by one. Uh, Papa Bear Halla shows a lot of pictures there, and uh, there's a Simeon Rice uh, story. 
Manny Jackson, Harold Osborne, George Hallis, uh, on and on. And they got stories about each of them. But the one about the band is uh, fantastic. It just goes on and on and on. And it's got all the history that you uh, uh, ever could want to know about the, the Marching Illini. And even the, the number, by the numbers this year, uh, 750 students audition each year. 378 students make the cut, and uh, 60,670 are the spectators when the stadium is filled to capacity. They have uh, a 12 semester, 120 practice hours per semester, 120 hours of practice, and roughly 30 performances a year. They go to the, been to the, all the bowl games and uh, talks about the uh, the history, why Sousa loved Illinois. That's a very interesting story. And I wanted to tell you, too, that uh, as an add-in here, something I've been talking about earlier, but the University of Illinois Alumni Association invites you to, to join in the uh, uh, the am- first annual Mount Hope and Roselawn Cemetery Walk. This is uh, a walk where costumed actors will present the stories of nine innovators and pioneers who have shaped Illinois history, including U of I President Edmund James, early Professor Louise Allen Gregory, national championship winning football coach Robert Zupke, Albert Lee, the chief clerk of the president's office and unofficial dean of African-American students. So you walk around. This is uh, tomorrow. Uh, and uh, Sunday performances will last about 90 minutes, cost you 10 bucks, and uh, you go around to all these uh, graves, and there'll be people standing there talking and uh, telling you about the, they'll be dressed like, uh, oh, oh, there's Mr. Zupke standing there by the Zupke grave. And you can ask questions uh, and uh, so forth. Sounds very, very interesting. Here's something we haven't done for a real long time, Mr. Bond. We got that Glee Club ready to go. We'll strike up the, uh, not the band, but strike up the Glee Club and the Big Ten medley. That's the Varsity Men's Glee Club and the uh, Lanaya medley. I talk to you with uh, Lauren Tate at 9 o'clock on Monday on DWS in Champaign-Urbana. <laughs> 